that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Welcome to the latest edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Fansbet, our sponsors all the way through the National Hunt season 21-22. We're getting to the business end, of course. Many of you uh, of our loyal supporters will have been uh, getting stuck into our YouTube uh, preview night, of course, that we had at the GOAT uh, last week. It seems like an age ago, but uh, last week indeed. And now we're into the podcast version of it. I'm delighted to say that Demo is here for day one and day two of the Channel Festival. Demo. Hello, Dino. How are you? All good, man. All good, thank you. All good. Not suffering from channel fatigue yet? Not just yet. No, I was last night, but I, I just kind of left everything. I was listening to a podcast or something every night, and, and I, I made myself sick of it now last night. So I got a bit of a break, so I'll, uh, I'll leave it all going out a, for a break of about 12 hours. Fair play. <laughs> good man. That's what I like to hear. Um, of course, I should do uh, a quick bit of uh, housekeeping because we are um, sponsored by Fansbet. Uh, if you get involved with the Bet 10, get 30 on bookmakers.co.uk, you will also be able to enter their predict and win 25k game for Cheltenham. I believe there's eight questions. Um, if you can answer them, you're in with a chance of winning a massive, massive pop from them. Plenty of you have been getting involved, of course, in the 250 uh, win of the, of the the weekend editions that we've been covering on here. And uh, we're very much looking forward to seeing if any of you smart Alex out there can land the big pot come Cheltenham Festival week now this podcast is day one and day two of the Cheltenham Festival and um, tomorrow we'll do day three and day four but on this one uh, a few of the a few of the old timers are back and let me say that the, you know that we've gone back to the vintage we have Stephen Cass Cass yeah. welcome back yeah good to have the old the old gang back together we're not not quite the old old gang I know oh, we could go further back. We Who's the first? Who, who, who McLean and Noel Hayes. We could have a no, bit Noel, of Noel Hayes and David McGurran were the first two. David McGurran, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, shout out to Gavin Garrity. Gav Garrity, Chris Reed, even Adam Kenny. You, know, you could throw them yeah. all into the mix. Oh my god! Um, yeah, they've no, they've they, all, they, all, all got on to bigger and better things. I've never heard of three of them. <laughs> You'd so. hope so, wouldn't you? You would hope so. Noel, <laughs> Noel Hayes. That yeah, would be me in, in a year's time or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> slowly, slowly, slowly pushing me out. <laughs> yeah, we're like that boxer, Cass. You have to beat your way up to better things. You know? <laughs> Cass is just looking for better things. Hasn't found them yet. It's too busy. Um, okay, so Cass is here. That's good. Um, you can expect some uh, some big price fancy, some left field suggestions, I would imagine. And, uh, you yeah, know, fresh from uh, Willie Mill preview, I think. Um, Paddy Aspo is back. Paddy, how are you? Afternoon, guys. How are you keeping? Yeah, all good. Not been on here for a few weeks. Sorry, I've had to let you down once or twice along the way. You but... had to go to bigger and better things, Paddy. That's one thing. <laughs> no, I always, I always like a good, good podcast with you guys. There's always a bit of, bit of crack to be had and a bit of, um, a bit of skullduggery. Dino, Dino, you you told us not to mention any other bookies, and you've already given a plug to the William Hill preview there that uh, that that Paddy was on. <laughs> Yeah, but it's nothing like the quality of the race hour. Who was on that, Paddy? I didn't even hear this one. I want to listen to it. Who was? Um, <clears throat> Nick Luck was hosting. Um, oh my god! Yeah, oh, former gro- former race hour. Here. Former I'm race hour. Been man. on a podcast with Nick Luck hosting. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, due to COVID, all the eye candy was lost. Leona Mayer went down on the morning uh, of the preview. Oh so you're going to get cancelled here, Paddy. Go on, keep going. Yeah. Nick Nick, Nick Luck had to <laughs> he had to steer the ship the whole way, but no, it was good crack, McCoy and and. Um, 
uh, Lenzio Thornton and um, yep. oh, there was a few others there. It was, it, was, it was a bit of sport, to be fair. Yep, I caught a bit of it, Paddy. All good, all good indeed. And the owner, as we have to say, is a good judge. If everyone wants to come on here, she's more than welcome. Um, okay, why don't we get stuck into it? This is going to follow the very... Uh, yeah, familiar format now, seeing as everyone's doing Cheltenham previews and uh, there's, there's probably 20 of them done today, if you want to catch them. But this will be one worth listening to. Uh, usual format, of course, day one. We will kick off with the Supreme. Uh, everyone knows what Dermot Nolan's had to say uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's more interesting to find out what the other boys have to say. So, Stephen Cass, can you find a left field uh, angle in the Supreme? And also, you know, judging by previous Cheltenham uh, previews that we've done with yourself... Are we all concerned about this weather? I hear there's a lot of rain coming, Stephen. I, I looked at uh, Wired, and I know it's the one I normally look at. They are only given five mil between now and Tuesday. So very so little that's rain. That's That's nothing. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't even maintain the ground now. So I think it was soft. I was looking for a ground update. I didn't see one today. But uh, if that's true... I suppose we're working to good to soft. But if the rain comes that some other people are talking about, it could be soft. But um, yeah, so I don't know what, what, what basis to work off. I don't think it actually matters to many of the, the main contenders in the Supreme. Um, Constitution Hill, John Bond, Isart, Dynamo, Sir Garrett, if he goes, they'll all be fine and soft. You know, so Correct. Yeah. Do, and I think they'd all be fine on the, 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 the good side um, of good to soft or wherever it is. Um, I don't have a huge opinion. I think if anyone has a strong opinion here, they'd want to have a good long look at themselves because how could you pick between them in a way? Yeah. Um, the one I definitely wouldn't fancy is John Bond. I thought he cocked his jaw coming to the second last. Uh, his time was a lot slower than Tommy's Oscar. Um, the form is okay. It's okay. But I just I just don't like him. Uh, Constitution Hill, the experience thing. And I watched back the Tollworth again this morning and wasn't as impressed knowing what the horses have done in behind. Um, very keen to take him on as well. I'd have it between Dysart Dynamo and Kilcrut. Um, Kilcrut now is at a price where you wouldn't really want to be backing him either. But you have to remember he beats Sir Gerhard to punch down. He was the best bumper last year. You can forgive the start of the season now that he's back on track. Um, but Dysart Dynamo just took my eye out at punch down the last day. But he's squeezed plenty short. I think Dyson Dynamo is the most likely winner, but I've, I've no great opinion. Um, I don't think any of the rags will get involved here. So, yeah, not, not a race for me to have a bet in, but Dyson Dynamo forced to have a pick. Strong race. Strong race indeed. And I think you're probably right when you say that to have a strong opinion on one is a little bit of a leap of faith, although they all look very smart. You mentioned, you know, the, the cock the jaw of John Bond and the flightiness, perhaps, um, of that animal. I'd apply that to Dysart Dynamo as well. I think both of them have to worry a little bit about the preliminaries. Uh, let's talk to Paddy Aspel. Paddy, talk to me about the Supreme. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it, that we've heard, see, Jamie Codd was saying about Dysart Dynamo that I didn't realise he's as forward going and, and as as a keen goer as what he is. Um, Willie said the other day after they'd, they'd had that bit of work, because they've had the switch around now, haven't they, that it was, always used to be Leopard Sound, didn't it? And now it was... There was no horses there the other day, and it was Navin, wasn't it, to put the yeah. the finishing touches on? But he said he settled well in behind, and everything was okay, and um, which obviously is a positive. There's no doubt, but I'd probably be against Cass here, and I'd go John Bond because I do think if we've got some reasonable ground, I think they're going to go right gallop here. Um, John Bond, I think, has had to arrive on the front end more than ideal in his prep races, and. He is he is raw. There's no doubt. Um, I think he's still winning, despite I'd say the last thing that's on his mind is actually what he's doing, 
um, which mm-hmm. probably tells me this horse has got an awful lot of natural ability. Um, probably your biggest factor here is it's the very first race, very first day. There's going to be a lot going on. I think as long as this chap gets to the start with the pilot on his back, for me, that's probably his biggest hurdle jumped. But I think in a well-run race, that will be exactly what he wants. Just maybe get him at it a little bit. He might help his jockey out a bit if he's concentrating, looking what he's doing, and he's actually having to use a bit of energy throughout a race and do something and, and use that ability that he has. So probably John Bond for me, but this is probably one of the deepest Supremes I've seen in a long, long time. It really is, and I can't wait to watch it. Yep. I'd be, I'd be on that uh, train in both ways. I think it is one of the deepest ones we've seen. Uh, plenty of potential in some of these. And John Bond would be my pick, as most people are aware. I thought the Kennelgate form um, you know, it's actually decent. And the Haydock run that got cribbed, I'd have no problem with that. I think he still arrived and hit the line strong back on the bridle again. So uh, I'd be with you if he gets through the preliminaries. And I'd be a little bit worried about Dysart Dynamo doing that as well. Are we convinced? Uh, I'll ask you both, Paddy and Stephen, are we convinced Sir Gerhard is uh, Ballymore bound? Hmm... No, not convinced, no. No, still open to it. I had a, a bet with a friend this morning about where they'll go. He's mm. a Kilkenny man, thinks he's in the know. I hope he's not, because I'll be down um, a nice figure starting out before we even start, if Sir Gerhard comes here. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's it's worth even getting into until Willie confirms it one way or the other. But I think we're talking as if Dysart goes here, Sir Gerhard goes the other way. That's the way the exchange is suggested at the moment. But sure. Yep. That is how we're talking. Paddy, you'd agree? Well, I think I've seen a quote earlier. I think he's as short as he's ever been now for the Ballymore, is he not, Sir Gerard? Yeah. He's yeah. on sure the exchanges now. Yeah, yeah. He's he's less than two to one for the Ballymore, Sir Gerhard. But he's still kind of 7.8 or something for the Supreme. So, you know, he, he he would be bigger for the Supreme anyway. So it's still, he's probably, I'd say on the betting, if you, if you did the multiple on it, he's about four to 11 to go to the Ballymore. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. I'll just give you fans' bets prices before I go to them and Nolan. So Gerhard currently uh, in their non-runner no-bet market for the Supreme is your two-to-one jolly. Nine-to-four, Constitution Hill, Dysart Dynamo at threes. Four is about John Bond. Kilcrit is in there at 13-to-two, of course. Remember, this is non-runner no-bet. Uh, Eight-to-one, Mighty Potter. And that's uh, a good time probably to come to Dermot Nolan, soon as I mentioned the Potter, Demo. Yeah, Dino, um, I like him for... A long time for this. I think the very strong pace, as Paddy mentioned, will only play to his armory here. I think he'll be finishing. He's. I think he might be the the alpha off in the piece. Like um, obviously that horse back in two thousand eleven, who just kind of outstayed him after a frantic pace up front. But the one concern I have, and I think all Nicky Henderson backers should be. I mean, he's he's four winners from his last fifty one runners. It's an eight percent strike rate. He's he's about ten to fifteen winners behind where he was last year during that kind of juncture of time it, it, it would be a concern of mine Dean if I was a John Bonner or a Constitution Hill backer as to how well Nicky Henderson horses actually are you know sure well, while we're talking about that Dean I was going to get to that when we talked about um, Shishkin but I, I looked at the last 10 years of Nicky's strike rate in February so going back 10 years ago 31% and following on from there 37% 33% 22% 26 22 31 36 these are his strike rates. Always over 20. Now, last year, he only had 14% strike rate in February. This year, 13%. And he's so far mm. on zero out of seven in March. Now, last year, he did have two winners, I think. Did he have... He certainly had Shishkin and Chantry House. Uh, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. but So he did have Cheltenham winners. But his it's not normal to be operating at a 13% strike rate in February and no winner at all in March. So... 
that has to be a worry. Has to be a worry. These are not normal times, though, but I understand the concern, all right. Um, yeah, it does. It's well flagged. Um, okay, I, so look, I'll just quickly round up the Supreme. Uh, Stephen Cass, no massive opinion, but Dice Heart Dynamo would be for him. John Bond for myself and Paddy Aspel. And Dermo's sticking with the insanity that is Mighty Potter. Um, and uh, if it happens, geez, I'll have to eat a little bit of humble pie, <laughs> I think. But it won't be the first time. It won't be the first time. Uh, totally fine. Why don't we move on to the Arkle current fans bet, non no bet prices. Edward Stone, 2-1, to 7-2, Blue Lord. Riviere to Tell is also at 7-2, 13-2, Horton Colour. St. Sam, 15-2. It's 10-1 to bar those, and that includes the likes of Magic Days and Core Sublime at double-figure prices. I hear Gabby Nacko could be <clears throat> supplemented for this uh, by the Cromwell team. And uh, it's take your pick the rest. Paddy Aspel, um, Edward Stone, uh, you know, UK could be two winners out of two if um, if that was to win and John Bond was to take the opener. Uh, shake up the Presby Cup, but not for very long, Paddy. Yeah, I think that has been confirmed, hasn't it? A grant to supplement Gabby Nacko, as you were saying, um, yep. Dino. So, I mean, that's a fair move confident. because they could effectively run in a turners which would have maybe three four runners yeah you know and like they've got to be they've got to be placed to to get their money back here so very very interesting and for a yard who's certainly turning the corner at a at a, a much a much better time uh good weekend hadn't it considering they've been pretty yep. pretty flat of late but yeah i'm pretty keen on edward stone here um i think as far as the Presbury Cup goes, I still think obviously it's it's all going to be about Ireland. But I don't think the UK are going to be disgraced, and they could get off to a pretty good first day. Edward good. Stone, for me, I think he's always done plenty wrong over hurdles. He's been a very very forward sort of going immature horse, but he was still managing to win. He's never won at Cheltenham, but he's run pretty solid at at a festival in the past, and you know his, his track runs aren't that bad. Uh, but for me. It's just jumping fences has really sort of made this chap grow up, albeit, look, he is, he's an eight-year-old now, isn't he? So it's about time he started to get on with things. But I just think that's his biggest asset It is in his jumping because he's been pitched in around some big tracks that take a bit of jumping, you know, them rapid fences down the back at Warwick. You know, he's learned so much, this chap. He's looked faultless. Um, it'd just be a great story because you know he's the owners they've they've bred him they've they've had him uh, you know since since day dot could be a great story you'd like to see the stable maybe rocking along a little bit better winners wise but I'm, I'm probably not going to be against him here even though he is I wouldn't like to see him get much shorter lads Fair enough. Edwardstone currently two to one. Uh, no one on a bet with fans bet. Would be looking to emulate the likes of Moscow Flyer in size in Europe to do it as an eight-year-old. Um, is that something that's on your radar, Stephen Cass? No. Um, I'd let him be going win now at the price he is. Uh, an yep. eight-year-old, you know, he was a good hurdler amongst these, but not great. Um, you know, Alan King, when was his last Cheltenham winner? When was his last Cheltenham winner, actually? But, you know, Probably ten years. Fort Lightning. Oxyzandra, I'd say. Oxyzandra, maybe uh, doing the double. Born yeah, ten years ago. I can't. That's a while ago, yeah. Yeah, I look sure that you know, no, maybe that's not relative, but um, irrelevant. Um, his Cheltenham form, I don't think, is good. Uh, he is an eight-year-old. He hasn't been beaten much. I don't think third time lucky performed at Warwick the mm. last day, and I don't think Brave Shaska was off. So I'd be a little questionable on the form. I just want to take him on. Um, he, he could win. He is a very good jumper, in fairness. I do think you might get 3-1, to 7-2 on the day. I think you will. I, yeah. I'd be waiting on him. 
Yeah. And you might even, even if there's 12 runners, you might get four places, three to one. Uh, if you like Edward Stone, that might be the way to do it. Uh, I couldn't have St. Sam now, definitely. I don't think he jumps too slow and looks a stare. So he's one I'd put a line through. And Riviera to tell as well, absolutely wouldn't like her at all. I thought she had the, nearly the run of the race in the Boodles last year, the Fred Winter. And she has a funny head carriage. She didn't get up the hill last year. Um, I don't think the race is going to be run to suit and that there's a lot of forward going types here. She won't be getting her own way. Uh, couldn't have her. Uh, then you're in process of elimination stuff. It's down to a hot on Calor, maybe if you like him. Just on, on the form of him beating Gentleman to Me at Christmas, that got a good boost at the weekend. Mm-hmm. He'd be the one i take a chance on, but it's it's just taking a chance. Um, I would love Elixir de Nuss to come here and give it a rattle, uh, but he's not going to. Gavin Ako, I couldn't have over two miles. So, yeah, not 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 a race I have an opinion on. I think Magic Days is a deplorable price at, at whatever she is, 12 to 1. Uh, thought she was well beaten at Cork. And she's done nothing to deserve being anywhere near 12 to 1 in an article. So at a stab, I would just, you know, go for hot on Clore, but another race that I wouldn't have a very strong opinion on. Yeah, my, my view is pretty desperate renewal of the race, to be honest. Edward Stone would be slightly below the bar I'd like to normally see from a hurdling standpoint, albeit everyone talks about how he's, uh, he's improved and become a man for, for fences. We were a bit late in the day uh, for that. I'd There's like been loads of articles like this. I mean, yeah, it has. And the we've footpad had a, we've one had a was Baron diabolical. The, the worst the one ever. The Geneva yeah. one was diabolical. Even, uh, put yeah. the kettle on. It, it, that wasn't a great one. There's no... The, I think what the put the kettle on year was... Mengley can and those kind of horses in it. Like the yeah. article hasn't been good for a long time. Faculty degree was second, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But at least at least put the kettle on, went forward, and and uh, oh yeah, and, you know yeah. did what did in the champion chase. Like we had a good one, and we had one that loved the track, and there was you know that one wouldn't have fitted many article stats before the race, including you know those hurdle ones that I like to throw into the mix here. Um, of course, Sublime is my pick, but demo. I mean. Stephen Cass is saying that he doesn't like the price now about uh, Magic Days. That's understandable, but you have better prices, of course. Yeah, I'm on a bigger prices. I completely get what he's saying. Uh, Twelve to one about what Magic Days has achieved is uh, is short. I, I do disagree with the run of Cork. I think that she uh, she skied a few, and Henry de Bromwich's horses just didn't finish out their races mm. ra- around that time. So any other year, I'd be uh, calling myself a dope for backing her at twenty eight to one, or thirty three to one even. But it's just a terrible renewal. I don't like Edward Stone at all for it and I don't like a lot of the runners in it so yeah magic days and course of blind for me then. okay fair enough um, you know we had a, a, a kind of a, a cameo from Chris Jones on the preview on uh, on the race hour preview night on YouTube and they weren't they were undecided I hope I did my best to convince them that the Arco was the way to go um, Edward Stone for Paddy then Horton Colors for Stephen Cass um, Magic Days and Course Sublime for Demonol, and I'm on the Course Sublime train. If it goes in the Grand Annual, well, you know what to do there. But uh, I think the Arco is easier this year than perhaps that uh, minefield of a handicap will end up being. Let's move on to the champion hurdle. Non runner, no bet prices currently with fans better. Honeysuckle, 15 to 8 on. Appreciate it as they're at 4 to 1 with them. T Hoopoo is at 8 to 1. Uh, Epiton, uh, could it ever? Could she ever come back and do what she's done in the past? 11 to 1, 16 to 1 about Zana here, Adagio at 16s, and 33 to 1 bar. Stephen Cass. Just when you're saying about Epitant there, um, yep. last year on the podcast, I was saying she had no chance because her jumping was gone. Her jumping is back. Like mm. she jumped, so whatever they, they fixed her back problems. Her jumping at Kempton was seriously good. So she could be close to back to her best now. Back to her best is still uh, probably seven or eight pounds below Honeysuckle. But, yep. you know. 
she 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 definitely could be in the mix. Um, I had this thing last year when Honeysuckle. If you remember the Punchestown race, like last year was so perfect, and she obliterated the opposition at Cheltenham. I said that might leave a mark in her. Then she went to Punchestown. Rachel did something very on Rachel like, and I thought did a bit of showboating that she really kicked on and tried to win the race impressively at Punchestown. End of the season. This is when we get to the bottom of her. She then kicked the 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 bottom of the hurdle at the last out of the ground and Sharjah came at her and nearly came upsides or just off the back of the last and she had to dig deep and I said to myself she looked knacker across the line and I said to myself at the time that this is going to leave a mark on her and in my head I said it'll probably be an extra champion hurdle that that will come true we might have seen the start of those signs at Leopardstown I didn't think her head carriage was as bad as a lot of people said but I didn't think she was as good as she was at Leprestown the year before. And she didn't look like she was enjoying it coming up to the line. There is a chance. There is just a chance that she's a mayor. Maybe this is the day she'll throw the towel in. If it's going to happen, I think it will be this day. So just that little word of warning. Um, that said, anything, you know, if you've got anything close to even money, that is a good bet. But I just have that in the back of my head from, from last year. And, and just, to, just to flag it up. Um, the one I'd be backing is Tommy's Oscar, who I think is being seriously, seriously underestimated. Um, mm. Anne Hamilton is having her Annis Mirabilis. She's 12 from 28 this year, 43% strike rate. She's well able to improve horses. I mean, she, she got nuts well from 130 to 159 and got him winning over three miles at the weekend. What a phenomenal yeah. training for Amazing. Um, Tommy's Oscar has won four in the bounce, steadily improving all the time, but it's the manner he did it. When he won a Musselburgh the day I looked at him and said, I said, I, I didn't really know much about the horse. I said, who's this? He looks like a champion hurdler. I thought it was unbelievable. And if you like John Bond, if you like John Bond, you, you, you almost have to back Tommy's Oscar because he was five seconds faster than John Bond at Haydock. Five seconds, if you're in the likes of Gavin Lynch's world, you'll say that that's 25 lengths. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like using that comparison I don't like using seconds to links because I think it depends on how a race is run but it was a very very fast time and he's a really good horse he's won left handed right handed uh, undulated tracks whatever you want he's sixth in on RPRs um, but he's got a lot of upside he's progressing and he's a, he's a really good horse to travel into a race so I don't think he's going to be under the pump turning in um, he should be on the bridle uh, I just think he's a big price I think he should be He's a better horse than Adagio um, and Zana here, I think. And I certainly think he should be around the same price as those. But he, he on the day, he'll probably be 40, 50 to 1. He's still around 50 to 1 in the exchanges. And I just I wouldn't underestimate him. I'd love to see him do it, uh, Tommy's Oscar. So just to make the case for him, I, I still think he's a fair price at what he is. Yep, 33 to 1. Uh, number no bet with fans bet right now. Um, for Tommy's Oscar. And, you know, the beauty of if you like John Bond, you can watch John Bond run before this will run. So you get another steer into the, the likes of that Tommy Oscar time. What I would say about that is that John Bond, slightly more educational stuff going on with that horse than there was where Tommy's Oscar just went over and, in fairness, blew away uh, rivals on that same I, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest time man in the world, but I do think you should use it where but in that scenario, I'm doing what you shouldn't be doing and using times to back up an argument when it suits me. I'll ignore them then when it doesn't suit me. So <laughs> yeah, just, well, sure. 
That's the totally <laughs> I think that's, your own that's what most people do anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it suits, or you hear someone say it and it backs up your argument. Oh, did you see the time? The Same time. as trends, sure. We all use trends just to back up our own opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. until it doesn't match one of your horses and go trends. Uh, yeah, <laughs> then they don't matter. Yeah, yeah. they don't matter at all. It's Willie Mullins trains this one. It doesn't make any difference at all. Um, okay. Um, all right. Word of warning there about honeysuckle. I do think uh, I'd agree with you that if there is a day maybe where it will come unstuck, there's signs are coming that it can happen. She's been remarkable up to this point. It would be lovely if she goes and does it again paddy we're all big fans here yeah for sure um but i mean i think you just have to look sort of beyond honeysuckle haven't you to try and get the to nick the bit of each way of value i could find be, something yeah i couldn't be against her in any way because you know I, I mentioned that she's continued to win when you know some of the better ones of from the stable have, have maybe come up a little bit short and I just think plenty of good ones have, have come in from different angles to try and beat her and you know they've come up short um so she is she is short at, at the head of the market but deservedly so <clears throat> I'd probably be maybe to come second here Adagio simply because mm. I really would have liked to have seen Tom Skoo go on the other side of Jamie Moore at Wincanton because I mean, going down your man's right-hand side, um, Goshen, you're giving him something to stop him run across the track. And then, I know he didn't look to go right, but did he not look to go right at Wincanton because he had a horse there? I think if he'd have waited a few strides, gone on the other side of him, it would have given Goshen the chance to go across the track. Tommy Skoo would have had the, the, the hedge to run against on the left. And if yep. he'd have waited a bit longer. If, you, if you're going to go an eyeball goshing two down, you know, with a bit of cut in the ground, you're not going to win that argument. Not when he's on a going day going right-handed. Um, I would have loved to have seen uh, the result if, if that's how it had it panned out. I just think if you go back to the Great Wood form, I think it's massive. You know, he, he had some real... Th that race is working out absolutely huge. He gave the winner who, who looked like a plot job that day, he gave him a stone in... Um, West Cork of Skeltons. I think Adagio for me represents a bit of each way of value, sort of, I don't know, 14s, 16s, whatever, whatever you can get. And I, I think he's, he's got a solid chance of, of picking up plenty of money at Adagio. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I think that is the second horse in the race that intrigues me the most. Obviously the Cheltenham form uh, stands up to inspection, big run, the triumph, big run, the Greatwood. Um, I thought it was a good run as well behind Goshen and perhaps things didn't pan out exactly right. 16 to 1, no run or no bet with fans bet is Adagio. Um, we're all looking for something to pick up the pieces here, Dermot Nolan, and no one has mentioned Appreciator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought one of the most noteworthy things from our previous night was the, how just how against him David Mullins and Mikey Fogarty were. Sure. Um, that was, they said that, you know, he'd be well at home. There's just every jockey you hear speaking about Honeysuckle, it's just how hard it is to beat her and the way she turns in. I take Stephen Gass's point, and I thought he was very fair about the Leperstown run as well. Um, I think the Leperstown run was was over-egged uh, massively. I don't think she did a whole pile wrong there. I just think she had the race one, and she's probably getting smarter in her old age. Um, no, I couldn't have appreciated at all. I thought, as I said in the preview, when Ruby Walsh uh, had the Supreme next to the champion hurdle, and I know, again, you can't be comparing races directly like that, but the way she kicked around the bend didn't look like appreciated would be able to even live live with that and Dean uh, because of that I just think she's I actually think she's kind of unbeatable here so I kind of like my each way chances to have um, to have a winning chance so I just don't think there is anything here here with a winning chance so I'm happy to 
to watch this race you know let it go me and you just be cheering her on demo that's all that will be going on there I think. yeah okay all right um, a kind of a, a shout for Tommy's Oscar and a, a well-made case from Stephen Cass for the champion hurdle that there's one with upside at a bigger price than it should be. Um, hard to disagree. Paddy and myself, like Adagio, to possibly pick up the pieces behind Honeysuckle, but uh, it wouldn't be the Race Hour podcast if we didn't hope Honeysuckle goes and wins 12 lengths and we're all uh, shouting from the rooftops at Cheltenham on the Tuesday. Uh, the next race we're going to talk about is the Mare's Hurdle. Um, tell me something, girl. Currently three to one. Um, favorite non-runner, no bet with fans. But Constantista's there at seven to two, probably going somewhere else. Stormy Island five to one. Burning Victory at fives. Queensbrook at five. Seventeen to two. Mrs. Milner, previous champion winner, of course, at nine to one. Echoes in Rain and Marie's Rock, and it's eleven to one. Bar Stephen Cass. Why don't you give us a, an angle into the mare's hurdle? Uh, one of those races that I'm pretty famous now on record for saying should just get rid of all of these, but that's that's my own prerogative, I guess. Yeah, not 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 a race I'd be a huge fan of. Even though I get it, I get the argument for the mayor's program and serving a purpose, isn't it? It is serving a purpose. We're getting some good <sighs> mayors coming. To yeah, it. although I don't like the mayor's hurdle because there's a lot of good mayors running it. I don't mind the mayor's chase nearly at the moment because none of them are quite championship class. Mm-hmm. But I think the mayor's hurdle now. There's so many mayors around. This year is probably a bad example, but when you had Benny Didier and Honeysuckle, of running, course. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's when it gets annoying. So I, hey, I don't Quivega know I... was the best example of all. No, Quivega should have been in several champion hurdles. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't a rating cap would fix that? Would it? Maybe it would. <sighs> They'd all Maybe be cheating would. then. You know, they'd all cheat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> all year, so even the the, the lead up to Cheltenham would be even worse. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, don't disagree. So yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I, I don't even know if you made it a handicap. They'd all cheat as well. So I I don't know. I don't know what to do. Um, what do you like, like for the race, Stephen? What do I, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, what one thing here, and I think is going to happen, Concertista should go here. Um, okay. She's the bones of 20s on the exchanges. I think Willie's going to look at this on the day and go, Willie's all about Ellie May for the um, Mayor's Very Chase. Very much so, yeah. Uh, Concertista could have won this on another day last year. She's rated 152 over hurdles. She's every bit as good as she's ever been this year. Willie doesn't mind mixing. Uh, mares between chase and hurdles if she goes here she should definitely be a favorite um she's nine to ten pounds clear nearly of, of, of a lot of these and uh she's four to one not running a bet you'd have a little tickle on her anti-post in the exchanges maybe you know have your 10 or 20 on it at, at, at 18 20 to one because i think when willie looks at this he will will run her here um it's a good addition in that there's a load of them around 145 capable of running to around that. Um, I don't like Tell Me Something Girl at all. I think the Mayor's Novice last year really fell into her lap and she was flattered because Magic Days, do you remember, went a million and yep. it was a miracle she stayed on for a second. The rest of them, it was just a huge pace collapse and I think Tell Me Something Girl was really flattered. Uh, Echoes and Rain, I think, has the best form in the race outside of Concertista. Beating Colonel Mustard and Blue Lord last year, that's very good form. And she ran really well in the Irish Champion as well to be third. I thought she settled a lot better that day. Uh, gave an indication she could stay two and a half. She's plenty of weight in the handicaps. Uh, if she's going to run to what there, she's running off in the handicaps, she'd nearly be winning this. So I think she's interesting. The one I have backed, and she's around 50 to one of the exchanges, probably 33s. What price is indefatigable? Indefatigable? Indefatigable with uh, fans. Yeah, indefatigable is uh, 20 to 1. No, 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 no,
Um, I tipped her last year. She was fifty to one. I tipped her on this last year. She just got done for third, but I think she might be. She might have a better chance this year. So she's she's ran at Cheltenham seven times. Her record is five one two one four two. Um, she's had three festival runs. She won the Carl Cup last year. She had a wind up and hadn't run for over two months before she came here. Uh, that was sorry. The year she won the Carl Cup, uh, she had a wind up, hadn't run for two months. Um. The year she won the Carl Cup, she ran in January and February, same as this year. Mm-hmm. So I just think, you know, big, big odds. She's as good as any of these, really. So she'd be the one I'd be backing, but it's it's wide open. Um, so to summarize all my my rambling thoughts, I'm backing Indefagable. I think Constantisa should go here. And Echoes and Rain is still a bit big as well, at close to double figures, because she's close on the best mare in the race. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, let's go to, to Paddy Aspel here. It would be interesting if Constantisa turns up. What do you think about the race as it stands right now, Paddy? Yeah, I just don't know if I'd be so keen on one that, you know, has been jumping fences to, you know, pitch back mm-hmm. into such a deep, deep water here. Um, he did it with Benny, didn't he? She she went from fences to, uh, to win the Mare's Hurdle. I don't, I don't really... She never won a Mare's Hurdle, did she? She fell, I think, at the last, didn't oh, she? Oh, it was the year Apple's Jade one. Yeah, baby. Potentially, yeah. She was done by Honey and Apple's Jade and fell in one, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry. But, I mean, you could argue the one she fell in, she won. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. That might have been after the chase. Sorry, Paddy, to interrupt you. No, no. Oh, no, no, she did. No, no, sorry, he's right. Yeah. He's right. She did win. Sorry. She did. Yeah, yeah, he's right. She he's did. Right. And she, she, she ran... beat Midnight Tour and Apple's Jade. Yeah, yeah, ah, sorry. Yes. And yeah. she'd ran three times over fences before that. So, Willie has done it before. Yeah, so yeah it's, it sort of tells you maybe is a route that you know come next time you know he, he could well do it um i think i've been hearing they're leaning towards the stairs with royal Cahal, aren't they um peter fahey which i don't know i think yeah. i think maybe if the, if the ground doesn't come soft enough that's probably the route they're going to go down and i would have if the ground was soft that i've probably been with her here but i think the vibes are they're they're going to go stairs and yeah, I'd probably be Stormy Ireland here, to be honest, lads. I know she's eight year old now, but I just think it's incredible what Willie has done with her since he's he's got her back from Nichols. I mean, that just didn't work out at all. They jumped fences with her, and you know she was turned over pretty short odds. And I mean, apart from the Hatton's Grace, where she went very very hard, I know at Cheltenham, obviously she had a bit of luck on her side as well the last day. But just yeah. you know, Ruby's been very very keen. He, all the way along, he's been pretty solid and stuck to his games, or stuck to his guns as regards what he fancied for the mares. And and you know, let's not forget, Willie's got plenty of darts he can throw now at this board. But he's been very very solid in the Stormy Ireland camp to say she's given a bit of age to some of her our stable mates here as well. And she's so I'd probably just be following that angle in. But I don't know, it's it's a tricky one for me to weigh up. Yeah, I I'd agree with you. I think Stormy is the the real solid one that will just run to something that's going to be pretty tough to beat. Currently five to one, uh, no runner, no bet with um, fans. Bet the other one I liked in the race was Marie's Rock, who seems to have come back to, you know, what they expected that mare was going to be. Um, quite likely it goes there. I think I know they have handicap entries, but pretty sure they're going to turn up here. Currently nine to one isn't um, anything too too flash, but I think Marie's Rock can get involved in the finish. And Stormy Island would be the other one for me. Um, Dermo, it's good, good races, isn't it? Like there's about no, ten of them, good. ten of them the right chance, and ten of them that kind of you know should be about. If 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 they were all went off four to one, you'd be saying nothing, you know, if, if money came for them or. Yep. 
Uh, no, I'd agree with that. And, and with all the cribbing of the mayor's races, this one is ultra competitive, which is, uh, you know, maybe taking only a touch away from a couple of other races and not, not too much. Uh, Demo, um, there was a bit of negativity over there around one of your better fancies of the festival. Tell me something, girl. Uh, yeah, no, I really like her for this. Um, really do. I thought that run at Christmas really is the reason why I, I, I kind of... I just loved it. She drifted all day out to 11 to 1. Henry de Brown, horse, is running terrible. She was given £5 to Royal Cahalla. She's given £8 to Heaven Help Us. And she, to me, finished that race as the best horse by a mile mm-hmm. in it. Um, she she finished from off the pace. She ran on really well. And she was she was kind of, she went third inside the final 100 yards. And she was very near the finish. And to me, that that was all building up towards the champion hurdle. Henry de Brown had said all season he's working back from the mayor's hurdle. Sorry and uh thing and then i actually watched the back last night just you, you know to back up your own case again yeah. and the horse in fourth as well there is actually a very big price here uh finest evermore um sean o'keefe has her way out the back like 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 ridiculously so and she finishes with an absolute rattle and she went off 12 to 1 that that day as well that was her first run for kind of quite a while uh she's one that could massively improve coming into chetlam so while tell me something girl it's the one that I really fancy to win it. Um, I think for a reverse forecasting, I'll give you that as well. She's, Fine as Evermore. She's not in the decks, uh, Dermo. Fine as Evermore. She'll be there. She was still entered. Oh, sorry, my screen here. Yeah. She'll entered. Right, so uh, I have the winner feeding. That's, that's enough. <laughs> Tell me something, girls, all you need. If that's, if Cheers, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll be in the shallows, though, looking for that uh, forecast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Very good. Yeah, Very yeah good. thanks, thanks. Um, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, kind of votes for Stormy Island there for myself and Paddy. I think I would throw Marie's Rock into the mix. Uh, Stephen thinks Constitusta should be favourite. Should Willie play uh, bingo and head uh, for this race? Indefatigable. Stephen's though. right there as well because loads of people seem to miss that. Willie said after um, Ellie May's last run mm. that Ellie May doesn't have a horse to beat like Hal Revy this year, and that just screamed to me that Constitusta wasn't going to run because otherwise yeah. that's quite otherwise that's quite insulting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, like it, it, who's Willie, Willie's mare's chase horse all year was was meant to be concertista until all he's talking about is Ellie May, which suggests to that's me, that's all he's talking about. Yeah, and, and, yeah, no, I think that's completely bang on. Yeah, love that, love that. It'd be an interesting switch, all right. And uh, Stephen Cass putting you onto the the mix there. Echoes in rain and indefatigable. Uh, the other ones he likes at the prices, especially uh, Weber's horse there. And Demo, all over the fav, all over the jolly. Tell me something, girl. Okay, uh, National Hunt Chase time. The Ukraine Appeal National Hunt Chase now um, this year. Um, Statler currently 5-2, to two, favorite non-runner, no bet. 11-4, run wild Fred Vanillier. Lot of support for that in the last few weeks. Um, 9-2, to two, Fury Road 15-2, to two, Farouk Delenn 15-2, to two, 3 under through 5 also at 15-2, to two, and it's 9-1 to one bar. Paddy Aspel, the National Hunt Chase is all yours. Yeah, I was with the Nichols Camp here, 3 under through 5. Um, he just looks like a horse. He's very hard to bottom out. Um, he has jumped out to his right on one or two occasions, but I've not seen him do it for a little bit. Um, interesting, at the first time of asking over fences um he was second behind does he know but then he turned the table with him next time at exeter and since then he's been unbeaten over fences he's been to cheltenham over the trip and you know he's jumped some big tracks cheltenham donny warwick and he's looked pretty solid there's no doubt i definitely think he's a horse who's really really improving for jumping the bigger obstacles. I thought he ran okay at the festival last year in the, in the Albert Bartlett, maybe lacked a little bit of know-how 
on the day, uh, but didn't do an awful lot wrong. But he's a horse over fences who continues to progress. And I just think he, he's more of a value bet for me, 300 through five compared to some of the others. I think it was quite noticeable that you, when you heard Jamie Codd speaking the other day, he was very keen to, to ride, putting himself in for the ride and wouldn't run wild Fred. But I think yeah. that that ship has sailed with the, with the Jigginstown crew, hasn't it? And he doesn't ride him. Um, but interesting that he, he he was keen on him. But no, probably three under through five. But this is very very wide open. Yep, three under through five is fifteen to two currently. Not running a bet with fans bet, and that would really be capping off what potentially could be a good day for the home team in the Presbury Cup. I'll have a few one to ten backers of Ireland uh, searching for the, searching for a, a get out, but I don't think that will last. Um, Stephen Cass. Uh, Paddy likes the English horse. I, I, I'd love if he went for this. They've said all along he's going to go for the Brown Advisory just because Heskin, something to do with Heskin will be able to ride him and you know what amateur would they get for the four-miler and McNeil's mm. wants them in the big races. Uh, have you heard, Anthony Paddy, that he'll go for the the, the, the longer race? No, that that was my only worry. They're a, they're a big Heskin man, aren't they? And and that, that was my worry that... I'd say this is probably the better race for them to go for, but when it comes down to the fact that their man can't ride him, that might just sway them, you know. But I hope, hopefully, I'm wrong. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see him go for it. I don't I don't think he's going to, but there is some. What price is he with fans bet? Um, uh, Dean three hundred through five for the national chase is fifteen to two. Yeah, okay. there's there's with an unnamed other bookie. There's fourteen to one out there, not running a bet. Well, I think it's maybe because they know. What now he did run Nichols did run next destination in this last year. Um, so oh, sorry, there's no amateurs last year. Ignore me, that's correct. Uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know who would ride it or what, what way that would work. Um, I think he'd have a massive chance if he went because I think he'd definitely stay. I think it'd be the right race from. Um, I'm going to back him at the 14s, but I'd say that'd be one to be getting the money back on. Um, mm-hmm. not a huge opinion. I think there's a couple to rule out straight away. Vanillier can't jump doesn't like jumping fences you're really taking a lot on trust on, on, on gavin cromwell's genius there and even then there's other good horses in the race so god don't go near him at five to one like let him go and win and the other one a word of warning on the ropes has never done anything left-handed ever 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 so keep away from him going left-handed i would say uh there's just two um i i don't have a strong opinion but i'll probably back 300 through five uh non-runner no bet yeah, three under through five, two votes then, providing it lines up here. Uh, that's the fancy of our uh, esteemed guests this week, Dermo. Um, me and you have talked a good bit about this race, as we would, of course, on the race out <laughs> in the, in the run-up to this. I, I, you know I'm quite keen on Statler. Um, what do you like? What do you like, yeah, Dermo? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I can't have this Pat's fancy anyway, Stephen. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I know fair play, uh, I, fair play. I didn't think he'd be single figures now for a good race at Cheltenham you know in, there wasn't a handicap anyway so well done I know but it's kind of like you know when you, uh, when you close your eyes you and hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> but in fairness I was quite impressed on Twitter when I saw that uh, Stephen Cass only had Pat's fancy muted and not just my account <laughs> altogether so uh, that was that was always good but yeah look Dean look I love him for this um, I think he, he's very much like T for Tree and again, the image that I have in my head, which I've kind of said a few times, is I just have that image in my head of him jumping really well, jumping the two out, and then just the Irish battalion just 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 go by him. Um, that can happen, but I just think his, his jumping is something that an awful lot of the rest of them don't have. And Pat's fancy's jumping is outstanding. And, uh, uh, 
I implore anyone that I know it has been a running joke that I like this horse and whatever else, but his jumping is so impressive. And um, it's something that he can catch a good few of these out with. I know Statler's short and he did shut me up last time as in. He, he definitely stays. There's just something about his profile I don't like for this Dean. I, I uh, kind of screams of carefully selected or any of them. Um, but of course, if he's there two out, he more than likely wins. Vanillier is a very good point by Stephen Cass. I went back and I watched it all again, his jumping. And after his second start, he looked like he was getting there. He's just gone way backwards. Um, so Gavin Cromwell really has to do it. I liked it when he was a double figure price, maybe, but not a five to one. Um, so yeah, Dean, like kind of the more I circle it now, it's kind of getting very real that, you know, Pat's fancy actually could do this. He could do it. And it would be quite remarkable if that comes <laughs> up. Because the amount of time, uh, it doesn't matter. Everyone knows the story. Everyone knows the story. <laughs> Let's just hope he lines up and there are no excuses on the day, Demo, and you get exactly what you deserve, which yes, is a big, yes, run for your, big run for your... Uh, you should quit yeah. the pod if he wins, uh, Dermo. You should literally just... That, that's that now. Should you not, should you not quit the pod if it the, doesn't I've completed win? podcasting. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And do you know what? If, if they duel Statler and Pat's fancy... I, you know, even though my financial part of it will be with Statler, I will be uh, I will be probably cheering Derma home, and I've done it before with Discarama. You remember this demo, and uh, unfortunately didn't quite. Oh God, yeah, come off, Discarama but, you know, and Esperdal in double. Yeah, oh, I was God. on something else, and I was just praying you were going to land it. But uh, that's oh God, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. That's the, that's what this game does to you. Um, surprisingly, Dermo quite fancies a horse called Pat's Fancy in the National Hunt Chase. Three under three five, if it turns up uh, for the boys here. And um, I'm a Statler man, although you know, the prices, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not really uh, pulling up any trees. There's a couple of other races on day one that we need to talk about. I'm talking, of course, about the Ultima Handicap and the Boodles. And uh, Stephen, I'll come to you. You can do them both in succession. Yeah, yeah. I'll actually be, be this will take me a little bit of time, this, these two. Um, no strong, stronger fancies here. So in the Ultima, um, a win-only bet, Oscar Elite, uh, off 134, if he can get his act together, which he did at the festival last year when he was second in the Albert Bartlett. 134 is, you know, he could be thrown in. Now, he might just not perform. Um, so I wouldn't back him each way or anything. Just back him, win-only. Uh, he was actually going best three out against Does He Know and 300 through five when 300 through five won earlier on in the season. They're both now rated 152. Um, I think he would have won or been a close second that day. So 134, look, very, 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 uh, very good mark he's on. And the other one, this is a wild one now. And this fella could be 100 to 1 um, on the day. But Dr. Duffy, uh, Charles Burns only has two or three horse centred at Cheltenham. It's this fella's only entry. I do think this is a year that this Irish not winning the Ultima stat can go because there's going to be a higher proportion of Irish entries in the handicap. Um, and they can't just all target Kim Yor. So there's going to be more Irish runners here. Now, if you watch back the race at Punchestown that Debt Duty won, Debt Duty beat Fleur and Coco Beach. Everyone's talking about Debt Duty as the best handicapped Irish horse. Um, Dr. Duffy's actually going to have a six pound swing with him on those terms that day, and I think he was going to win that race when he fell. So he this death duty thing, sorry, Stephen, is just because Gordon was asked what his yeah. best handicap horse was. The only one who didn't get the four or five pounds. That's yeah, Gordon it. misunderstood that question no, clearly. He's, yeah. he's, backed, he's backed it up once or twice since. And I remember when okay. Gordon was asked for his best handicap one two years ago, he said Milan Native, and Milan Native was about thirty three to one at the time, and he went Correct. to one of the Kim yeah, Absolutely true. Yeah. So no, no, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount it now. I wouldn't discount okay. it. Okay, uh, sorry. He, he was taken it literally, but I think he has backed it up a little bit since as well. Um, 
Dr. Duffy as well, he's, he, look, it's, if, if Charles declares him, that's a declaration of intent, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's only, he's won six times, five of them were with good in the description. So I just, I would urge anyone to watch back that Punchestown run. He was really, really going well that day. Uh, and it wasn't, it was, wasn't a bad fall that would put a horse out. It was such a little soft on seed kind of a thing that uh, he just reached it a little bit. That's all it was. So Dr. Duffy's going to be a wild price and I would definitely back him in the Ultima and the Boodles. And I must give credit here to Jess Lamb on Bookmakers. Um, the stats that Jess does are really good. She doesn't just go through the usual ones and repeat them. They're really well laid out. So yep. anyone that wants to have a look at stats, have a look at the, the bookmakers.co.uk site and fair play to Jess for the work she did there. Um, I think the Boodles, if ever there's a race made for stats, it's the Boodles. They're all, all these horses are running the same races every year as preps. Um, they all have the same background. So I'm going to run through a load of little stats and give it the shortlist, right? So 9 out of 10 were rated 125 to 134. Uh, 9 out of 10 had finished in the first two in their last two runs, so been competitive lately. That's an important one, I think. 8 out of 10 had four runs or less. Um no horse ever has placed a group one or group two grade one or grade two in the boodles and everyone will be fancy these horses that have placed in better company blah 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 N- yep. no winners ever ever placed a grade one or grade two and um, 16 out of 17 hadn't run in a handicap maiden hurdle runners last time out of which there's quite a few are not 35 and one interesting little one seven of the 17 winners had ran against older horses which i think is quite a lot I wouldn't say a lot of them are running against older horses. Mm. And there is, drum roll, one horse that fits all wow. this. Wow, okay. One, one horse, and that horse is Prairie Dancer. Now, if you took out the 7 of 17 running against older horses, there'd be four horses on the list. They would be Bellex 1, Underflow, Celestial Horizon, Prairie Dancer. Now, Underflow and Celestial Horizon ran so bad the last day, I'm going to overlook them, but I would back Underflow at mad prices on the day, which he will be, like, you could be getting 200 to 1 on him. If you watch him the day behind um, oh, Pod of Grocious Horses, Brazil, uh, yeah. I don't think he was off a yard. So he'd be one I'd be watching out for, for Cromwell. But Prairie Dancer is the one. Uh, he was rated 88 on the flat. Very good flat horse. He's rated 126 here. And you ca- couldn't watch him running behind Icara in the last day and not back him. Because he absolutely flew home for second. Very tenderly handled uh, that day. His, his hurdles form has gotten a, gotten better as we've gone on. He was second to Ben Siegel. Then he jumped a little poorly when he was sixth to Carol N in that good maiden hurdle at Leperstown. He improved on that now. Very eye-catching third against older horses. Flamebearer, who's a proper 145-150 horse, um, and micromanage. So to come third against those is, is a good run, and then really eye-catching the last day. He's kind of 25-1 to one, Prairie Dancer, so quite a strong fancy. Little worry he hasn't really performed left-handed. Um, I was texting Kevin Blake about him the other day. Joseph O'Brien trains this fella. Kevin said he definitely runs. I mentioned the left-handed, left-handed thing, and Kevin said, look, he thinks hurdles is, is has been the making of him, and he definitely goes. So Prairie Dancer, quite a strong fancy for the Boodles. Love that. 22 to 1, no run and no bet. Currently with fans bet is Prairie Dancer for the Boodles. Uh, Dr. Duffy and Oscar Elite. Uh, 16 to 1, Oscar Elite. 25 to 1, Dr. Duffy. No run and no bet for the old teamer. Thank you. Wait, wait for the Pence. day with Dr. Duffy. He'll definitely be 50 to 1. Yep, yep. Understood. Understood indeed. All right, Paddy, you've got the old teamer and the Boodles to pick apart. Uh, Boodles first, Dino. Um, yep. 
I mean, God, you, you, you could drive yourself absolutely nuts, couldn't you, looking at these races? Because <laughs> Stephen just did. You know, try, <laughs> trying to find out who's got a little bit of, a bit of rope to play with. Um, the one I think I dropped on at a at a bit of a price, and I thought the horse of Ollie Williams's uh, Ollie Ollie Murphy, sorry, D yeah. Doctor D T J Eckelberg. I think he's interesting because. All he's done since finishing second on debut at Newbury is just improve this horse. Now, I mean, that's the only time he has gone this way around, uh, left-handed. The, the rest of his form is, is going the other way. But he's improving at a fair rate of knots. He's going to have to keep doing that. But I think he's a big old price at roundabout. You'd, you'd get 25s if you looked round, but 20s is generally uh, the gig for um, this chap. But might just have a little bit of rope to play with. But... It, as everyone will know, this is an absolute minefield. There'll be plenty in here that are hiding a little bit of improvement. And that's the way you have to be. Totally right. Uh, Dr. TJ Eckelbert is 20 to 1, no runner, no bet, with uh, fans bet. What do you like in the Ultima, Paddy? The Ultima, again, was another one I was trying to look for a little bit of value because I think the market has got it about right. Kim Bailey's horse is very, very solid. Does he know he's, he's well-weighted? There was a couple in here I thought maybe at prices. Fantasticas of Nigel Twistons. He's only a seven-year-old, just got 10 stone six at the minute. I thought he represented a little bit of value. And there was another horse. He's going to need a little bit of luck to get a run uh, of Sam Thomas's is our power. I mean, off the back of that Kempton run, that was absolutely massive. I mean, for a horse with his lack of experience, he'd no business running as well as what he did. Now, like I say, he's going to need a little bit of luck numbers-wise to squeeze in here. Uh, but our power, he'll have a lovely race and weight. And if he could back up that Kempton run, he should be there, thereabouts. At a, at same thing again, a very, very reasonable price. So a couple in there, definitely each way prices. Our power for Sam Thomas and Fantasticas for the Twist and Davis team. Yep, fans bet currently go 14 to 1, no runner, no bet. Our power and fantastic is there at 9 to 1. Was given a big shout as well by Dan overall on the race hour preview. And I think that's actually his charity bet for the week ahead. Uh, Demo, throw me uh, your fancies for the old teamer and the boodles, please. Uh, yeah, I, uh, very quickly, obviously. Um, I really like Prairie Dancer as well. Uh, I was uh, all over Vince. Yeah, I was all over Ben Segal, and unfortunately, I was I was messaging uh, Noel Mead, and uh, Ben Segal lost his life last Friday, unfortunately, yeah, so uh, he won't be obviously making the trip. So, Prairie Dancer was uh, second to him. That was a huge run, and uh, his two runs since have probably just been taking boxes. So, Prairie Dancer at the price is the exact same as Cass, and I also like Oscar Lee, who I put up on the the podcast. Uh, a week and a half ago, but my fear is is that all Tizards seem to be talking about is the Kim Weir for him. I thought that first run of the season when he was going to give plenty to three under true five uh, was a huge run in a mark of 134. Is definitely very soft on him. So I'd love Oscar Elite for the ultimate. I hope he does go there. Yep. Um, but I'd be worried that they would go to the to the Kim Weir. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Prairie Dancer, Oscar Elite. Um, given shouts there by Derma. I'm a big Fleur fan. I do think this is the year that the old team are actually will We'll go back to Ireland, and I know it rarely happens, but if anyone remembers back to the first podcast of the season, it was one of my horses to follow uh, for the year. I missed, I missed the day that it won. I didn't think it was going to be uh, uh, at the races that day, but it was. Uh, nine to one currently for the old teamer. And in the Boodles, nobody mentioned Gaelic Warrior at all. 
which is fascinating. If there's one horse that is absolutely lobbed in, I don't need to tell you, it's that one. Um, and I just will follow the boys here with uh, Prairie Dancer as an outsider, I would imagine, and maybe Dr. TJ Eckelberg from Paddy. Okay, um, that is day one done and dusted. We may as well just kick straight on into day two on the Race Hour podcast, of course, brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and fans bet all the way through the national hunt season. Why don't we get started then and go straight into the Ballymore. Paddy, I'll let you rock away first on this. We are assuming that this is the race for Sir Gerhard. And if it is, um, I think it was explained on the pod uh, previously by Darren Hughes when he was on. It's like picking money up off the ground. Now, I could be misquoting him, but uh, you'd imagine he'd be very tough to beat in a Ballymore. Yeah, it's looking that this is going to be the target for him, isn't it? Um just think he's short enough, um, Sir Gerard. Be interesting mm. to see. I think plenty here. I think will will depend right when you get down to the nitty gritty. What sort of ground we're racing on? Because I think this is going to get a little bit messy as well. And I'm very keen on Ginto for the for the Ballymore lads simply because I'm just coming in at the angle as regards the 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 Lawlers race. Both Envoy Allen, Bob Ollinger, twenty twenty one. And 2020, both of them took in that race on the way. Now, and, and won it and went on and, and, and won the, the Ballymore. Now, the latest Lawler's race has taken a few knocks, but that's not really Jinto's fault. All he could do is get on and win the race. Um, he's only been beaten once, and that was when I thought probably didn't go quick enough. Jamie Codd, um, you know, he's just trying to ride his own race from the front, and he's stayed on the cut up ground on the inside and Patrick went wide and mugged him on, on what do you want I don't think that's sloppy form because I'd probably you know you know how much I like what do you want I was going to put him in here as my each way angle but yep. so far on what we've seen over hurdles I think Jinto has proven that he is the better horse but I think if they step up and trip and they're, they'll be a bit more positive on what do you want if he goes here I think he could fill the frame also Okay, uh, each way shout then for what he wants. And Jinto, currently 5-1 to one with fans bet, no run no bet for the Ballymore, is where Paddy is siding. Stephen Cass, I throw the same question to you. Sir Gerhard runs, Sir Gerhard wins, no? I think so. Ground is the mm. only concern. If it was really deep ground, um, that would be the, 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 the concern with Sir Gerhard, whether they might go the other way. So it, it'll depend on the rain. Uh, if we're presuming, you know, normal soft, good to soft, I do think he's just the best horse in the race. A lot of people are talking about Sir Gerhard's um, pedigree and how he's a two-miler because he's a Jeremy. I, I couldn't have that at all. He, he strikes me as a horse will stay. He certainly looked that way in the bumper last year. Looked that way running through the line really well at Leperstown the last day in a brilliant time. Uh, his dam won over two miles as well over hurdles. You know, if you have a dam winning over hurdles, over two, two and a half will be within your compass depending on your run style Jeremy as well as a sire I mean he's had plenty of horses to stay beyond too Mr. Fisher Happy Go Lucky Black Tears Jerry's back sure he'd stay three and a half so he wouldn't be worried uh, think he could just be uh, you know could just be 10 pounds clear of all of them really and and, and he should be odds on um, love Ginto as well like it's funny to say a horse should be odds on and then also fancy the, the second mm-hmm. five that five to one that's that's top price uh, top industry price I think you'll do well to kick him out of the frame Ginto and you know I suppose you have a small chance Sir Gerhard won't show up I wouldn't like Dysart Dynamo as much at the Ballymore he just looks like an absolute out and out two miler to me like a powerhouse over two a bit of a faheen. Um, so I wouldn't like him as much if he went here 
the one who I have backed now, Stage Star. Sorry, he's another one. He looks a shell of a horse. I couldn't have him this year. Um, he brought beat Gringo Dobrell ten lengths. Uh, who dice our dynamo absolutely kicked out of the way, but Gringo Dobrell doesn't stay two and a half, and he still only beat him to, to ten lengths. I, I wouldn't like him. Another one who might be popular is um, El Fabiolo, but he's got huge inexperience, and his time was nothing special at all when he won at Tremor. Uh, the one I have backed at 150 to 1 anti post um, is Braun. He's only entered here in the Albert Bartlett. There's no way he'll go for the Albert Bartlett. Um, he beat Flame Bearer in that maiden at Nace when Paul Townend leaned in. Uh, now, I say beat Flame Bearer. We don't know who would have won that race, but Flame Bearer is a proper 145 horse. Really, really is. like. So if he's in and around that and he, he runs to that here, he'll have a chance to place and. He was very novicey then at Leperstown, but he was there turning in well over two mile six. I think back and trips going to suit him a bit like uh, Galopin de Champ. He went for the two mile six race at Leperstown last year, and just kind of faded out a bit. Um, and then they went for the Martin Pipe, but this fellow isn't in the Martin Pipe. So, just on what he did on his maiden hurdle, I wouldn't underestimate Bron. And one hundred and fifty to one could be mad, mad, mad price. I I think he might be eighty to one or hundred to one. No, 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 no bet. Um. So he'd be one to give a little mention to, but I think Sir Gerhard would win. Yep, a pretty wild shout there with Bron, but why not? It is Cheltenham. We will have a winner of uh, of that kind of ilk price-wise, you'd imagine. There's a lot 50, of horses 60, bomb 60, out 60. in that two-mile-six race that come back. Uh, Gallop and Deschamps, Vanillier are two that spring to mind straight away. It, it could be sure. a bit of an attritional race, and two-mile-six at Leperstown for novices when they're not... Cape Gentlemen, there was loads of them in that race yeah. last year, wasn't there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just... just wouldn't rule out any of the back markers in that race and that that's kind of the angle there with Braun as well. Okay, both lads pretty keen that um Jinto is the right type for the race, but facing a Sir Gerhard and uh Braun getting a shout there from Stephen Cash. Jinto would be like a price. first lieutenant kind of a winner. You know, the sure. that kind of three mile chase or winning this race. But yep. Sir Gerhard just he could be a fall, you know, a champion hurdle style horse. So that's the difference. Yeah, well, David Mullins on the preview night said some good things about Sir Gerhard and thinks that the, the longer trip would be the suit. That's what he is. That's what it's going to be. Um, and I think Barry Garrett, he said in the week, Sir Gerhard won't come off the bridle in winning this, Dermot Nolan. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not mad about this horse's jumping at all. Um, I really am. And so I quite like Journey With Me for this. Um, I just think that he's uh, he got the experience that he badly needed last time. Last time was ugly, don't get me wrong, but he was there to kind of do that. So I was, uh, I was still happy with that. He's out to a decent price and he'll, I think he'll continue to drift as the previous season he continues on. Um, I love what he done at Christmas. I really love that performance. I just thought it was absolutely excellent. Um, and last time Rachel was, was just had to take a lead to find out that he could do it. He could do it, but the pace was so far school. She had to kick on halfway anyway. Um, so that race just kind of wasn't ideal. I, I, I still like him. Um, I think he'll end up as a decent each way price on the day so I just think that he's he's won ability wise after what he did in his bumper that was such a a brilliant performance I think this horse has has something special about him as well so um as good as a few of them are I think uh I think journey with me will uh will trouble them all five to one no runner no bet currently for the Bannymore is journey with me I'd be of the inclination if Sir Gerhard turns up I'll just uh watch it win I would imagine but um, you know, I've got to try and find angles in these races and I haven't got another one. 
Um, onto the Brown Advisory Novices Chase, the old RSA. Um, the, obviously, what's happened here is that Galloping Deschamps versus Brave Man's Game has now become Galloping Deschamps versus Bob Ollinger in a different race. So does that just leave it completely open for Paul Nichols to get one on the ball with Brave Man's Game, Paddy Aspel? And what we've seen so far, difficult to pick holes in him. I mean, at Newbury the other day, um, now is this considering that the, the two at the top aren't going to rock up? You can you can decide that maybe they're going to change their mind, Galloping Deschamps, but that's what it looks like, Paddy. That's what it looks like. Bob definitely is not going to go here. Yeah. Um, well, if that's the case, very, very difficult to be against him because if you've seen that snippet that they put together on Racing UK as regards his round of fencing at Newbury the last day. Uh, special, yeah. I mean, it yeah. was, God, it was such a pleasure to watch. For a big lad, you know, he can go either way. I mean, any horse with four legs, can when they're meeting a fence in their stride, can take it on. But this fella can travel and he can go in and just literally step on the bottom board. He's so clean. Um, you know, he's a real help to to his rider. And I think when it comes down to it, you know, when you're going to be tight for room and going absolutely flat to the pan at Cheltenham and you're not able to, to see an inch in front of you, you've got a horse that's as good on his feet as what he is. That is going to be some asset to Harry Cobden at Cheltenham. And very, very difficult for me to be against him, to be honest. What we've seen so far, he's looked an absolute monster. I know he's had a few freebies along the way over fences during his novices, but I think it's it's actually stood him in good stead uh, because when it has come down to the crunch, and he's needed to, to show that he's got a bit of metal about him and he knows what he's doing. I, I, I don't think he's come up anywhere short, this fella. Yep, I'd agree with you. Um, just you know, before, I, before I let you finish on this, Paddy, if Galloping Deschamps was to go back and tackle uh, this longer trip against Brave Man's game, would you still fancy Nichols' horse to come out on top? Well, I honestly thought they would come here with Galloping Deschamps because Willie, yeah. Willie after punt, or Leopardstown, he did say that he thought his fella was... You know, he was out on his head a little bit um, at, at times during that race. He was an awful lot more comfortable watch at the business end than maybe what he was halfway down the back. Um, but on both occasions when we have seen Gallop in the champ past the line, I mean, he literally sets off to do another lap of the track. You know, <laughs> yeah. he, he has got some amount of ability, um, this horse. But I just think as far as things go, Brave Man's game for me, has just been absolutely faultless. Um, so that's where the preference is going to come for Nichols' horse. And yeah, I, I would probably struggle to be against him. Yep. Okay, I'm completely with you, Paddy. Current prices are five to four on Gallop in the Champs. Bob Ollinger should it line up eleven to eight. No one I know about the fans bet. Brave Man's game seven to four. And it's four to one bar though. Stephen Cass, I think you're gonna go for the bar area here. Um I'm with you. Brave Man's game what a terrific horse, what a terrific jumper, what a specimen, but what a two-and-a-half-miler he's going to be. He's absolutely <laughs> no chance of getting up the hill. In my view, look, he might, he might, he might, but I give no chance of staying the trip here. Um, at Cheltenham last year, Gerdim Neal passed him up the hill when he shouldn't have after jumping the last few pretty poorly. At Aintree last year against a high senior, um, he went from absolutely tank and turning into the straight to zero very quickly. Uh, I don't think he stays and he jumps like a two and a half miler. He's so quick um, through the air. He's just, what a jumper. Uh, he's he's loads of speed about him. I think Nichols gets, he wants all his horses to be three milers. Same thing would have applied to McFabulous. Do you remember he always talked about him as being, yeah. this is a, you know, another horse who's quite, 
fresh and free going and t- another two and a half miler. I think Braveman's game is like that. Um, he just puts everything in while he's going, so it doesn't look like he's too free going, but I think he is. I think he's just doing everything behind the bridle and putting everything in, and I don't think he stays. If you look at, now you'll say, okay, he stayed three miles um, the last day at Kempton. Now, that day, from three out of the line, I actually took out the clock here, lads. I've, I felt really smug about myself, tan time and stuff and everything. <laughs> but from three out of the line, he, Braven's game did it in 35.9 seconds. Uh, and Tornado Flyer did the exact same, three out of the line, in 40 seconds. So that would suggest to me that Braveman's game race turned into a sprint. The overall time would suggest that as well. The overall time was four seconds slower than the King George. So basically the King George was a grueler, a slog. Braveman's game was just a sprint to the line. Um, just couldn't happen. Couldn't just, just don't fancy him at all at three miles. He, he ran, I think run him in a handicap on the 12th of February, four weeks before Chatham. That's crazy as well. Like he didn't need to do that. Uh, he strikes me as a horse. He'll go very well fresh because he's such a good jumper. He could have left a mark on him there as well. Just don't like him. Don't like him for this race, even though I would love him in future for races like the Ascot Chase. Um, moving on from him, Ahoy Senor. He jumps markedly to his right. I don't care what anyone says. And the old course won't suit him. Especially Paddy. Where I'm worried about him is you jump three out, you have to turn left straight away just when the race is really hot enough going down the hill. I think he could lose you know, three, four lengths there the way he carries on. So I can't have him. What do you think, Paddy? Am I right there? It's three out is your danger, really jumping, you know, and and a couple away from the stands as well in the first circuit. Yeah, I just still think maybe um, to win at the festival this year, it's a year too early for a high senior. Still looks like a work in progress. Proper Gold Cup horse one day, I think a high senior. His jumping is getting better, but I think he's going to come up short. Um, yeah, it, it, I th- I thought he was still miles out to the right the last. Day. I just I don't think Cheltenham will ever suit him, but. He has an engine. He has an engine. Mm-hmm. It's more the track, Paddy. It's a, what are your points? The old course, you might get away with it on the new course because there's a lot straighter runs with fences. But the old course would be that'd be the danger for him, Paddy. What do you think? I think so. I mean, he was a bit better the last day. I've got to say, but I I do think Cheltenham just the the, the whole even mentally, physically, it's going to come a year too early for me for for a high senior. I'd be looking at him next year. I'd be far keener on him. Yeah, and so so getting around to it, like I love Capadano. Um, like what he did at Nace was incredible, like really, really incredible. Then the very good second to Bob Ollinger. I think he'll have a good chance, but he's around the same price as Lampress, and I think Lampress is possibly the best horse in the race here, and he, he's five or six to one. Um, he's an unbelievable jumper, I, I, like as good a jumper as I've ever seen in terms of a stay in three mile chaser. He's a bit like Denman, I think, the way he jumps. Uh, I really think the step up and trip's going to suit him. Slight worry with pedigree. Slight, slight worry. Like his damn one over two and a half. He's by Diamond Boy. He would get a ton of stairs, but he does look like he'll stay three miles. Um, I thought his form was only okay, you know, beating the Glancing Queen and the like, but he's beaten Fantastic Ass, who's won since, and he's now 144. Pictori's 154. I, I just, I th- think Lampresse could be something special, so... Uh, five to one plus, he is the best for me. Lampress for Stephen Cass. You know, it's, it's 
I, I was giggling away in my own head, Stephen, and that you're you're all over Long Press, a horse that hasn't gone three miles for a race over three mile and a half a fellow at Cheltenham, and Cribbin Braves Man Game who has gone and done the job over three miles. Um, but they, yeah, this you, is have what this your eyes, you have to trust know, your eyes, though. You have to trust your eyes. Do not? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, you know they they're a good set of eyes. So uh, yeah, I couldn't put you off. Although Yours I do are, think yeah, yeah, mine are. <laughs> mine are. But <laughs> do, do, do you know what I was thinking was funny as well? Everyone goes on about. Um, you know, the Irish, this and the Irish, that. At, at the, no, the Novice Chases last year, which is the race, we've talked about a couple of them today. The English had a 1-2 in the Arkle, a 1-2 in the Turners. They were second in the three-miler and second in the four-miler. So the English had a better record in the Novice Chases last year. Mm-hmm. So, do, do, you know, the cocky Irish thing, yeah, they, they could rein that in a little bit. I think that they'll get their comeuppance a bit in, a, in, a, in quite a few races this year. Then we will find out. We will find out. Brave Man's Game, one of my better best of the festival. Uh, Damo, are you going to take me on? Uh, not particularly take you on. I, I, I like him as well. I just don't like any of the front of the market from a like. like I just I don't think they're as bomb proof as it's led on. Long press, I can see that completely. Um, I just think that, that there's a horse here who's very talented who's gone the wrong way around all season. That is a, a do start for me. Um, his jumping has been problematic simply because his, his he's gone the wrong way. He's gone right handed. He just hates going right handed. We watched both his last two runs and he's just despised yep. it. So at uh, at bigger odds, Dean, he'd be where I'd be leaning. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dusart, and if he does turn up here, I, I would be, I'd, I'd certainly be interested in having a saver uh, that way. I think the engine is something uh, to be uh, revered. I think he, he was going to come good, and uh, albeit the prep has all gone a little bit uh, skew with, uh, a bit like his jumping, uh, I think Dusart is still a player uh, in these big races. Loads and loads of scope in that horse. Okay, why don't we move on to the champion chase? Um, it's, this is a good renewal and a lot of people talking about just the top two and there was the Energimine wobble in the markets during the week, but I think all of that has settled back down. Shishkin, uh, Energimine, Chacun Poursois, uh, Envoy Allen, if they decide to tilt windmills here, Nubin Negra, and uh, well, you've even got you know, previous uh, winners, Politolo, put the kettle on, Stephen Cass. Um, yeah, I, I'd just be worried about the Shishkin thing with, with what we talked about, Henderson, and the, the other... The other thing with Shishkin is I thought Cheltenham wasn't his most impressive run last year. I thought he was in big trouble, kind of three out, but then he won very impressively. Look, I still think he's the most likely winner. You could back an Ergamine seven to two or three to one each way, maybe. Three to one, no um, one no bet, fans bet an Ergamine. Yeah, he's only really one bad Shishkin error from 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 it going his way. The other thing though I think is I think Nico will be thinking he can creep and creep and creep into this and use stamina. I do think Townend has a chance to to nick a few lengths here, and and go and go and go with an ergamine. And he didn't really do that the last day. He just kind of bowled away in front. But I think mm. he could be a lot more aggressive and fire him into it, and that could get Shishkin in trouble. Um, that could really suit Nube Negra then as well, because he'll probably travel away in behind and and he'll come with his run, which I I just think there's a chance Shishkin, he could be a little bit out of his ground. That's the only worry. But at the same time, I've no better opinion on this race. Sure. He's going to get a good chance up the hill to uh, to find his ground. At 13 to 8 on is Shishkin. And Ejimi, 3 to 1. 4 to 1, Shakan Pusswa. Nubenegra at 10s. It's 16 to 1 bar, those, Paddy. Yeah, Nubenegra. Um, I wouldn't desert him now, lads, to be honest. Um, I just think it's got a bit of previous, hasn't it? The Ascot race to, to leave its mark. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it had so much build build up and hype leading up to it and it didn't disappoint but then you've got to factor into the equation because it dis- didn't disappoint it was an epic race but it was a very tough race because town end obviously there was one horse 
He had to be. It was a it was a proper match race, a head to head. He has ridden the perfect race to beat Shishkin. Still didn't manage to do it. I mean, you stopped the race at the second last. Can't be many people were that convinced that Shishkin was gonna reel Townend back in. Uh, I mean, he has had to really, really get stuck in to 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 reel him back because Townend didn't miss any fences up the straight. I didn't see an Ergamine's stride shorten. Shishkin has had to to really dig deep to 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 fetch him back, and I think both horses had very very hard races. Um, so for me. Skelton has made no secret of the fact of freshening up these horses to try and the, the, that's his biggest angle to come in and, and try and beat the Irish. And Nubernegra, very, very strong traveller, another one who's very clean on his feet. He's really good. And if we are going to have a burn-up on the front end, which you know you can be pretty much guaranteed, you can just see Skelton sitting in behind, holding, squeezing for as long as he possibly can and just come with one rattle and just that one run uh, to try and try and just mug just mug the race more so than anything but really looking forward to this one as well but Nubernegger for me Nubernegger 10 to 1 number no no bet with fans bet go on Stephen can, can you imagine how smug Dan Skettle will be if he wins the champion chase I mean and he's oh doing this he's, oh, he's repeating the trick isn't he with all these layoffs like he's coming in fresh yeah. as he can he's, they've all got breaks you know you could be the master or the you know the guy ruining missed opportunities during the season if that's the case I mean yeah. you've you seen him sorry boys you've seen him the other day at Wetherby something hadn't ran for like a thousand days um, mm-hmm. some some yoke that they'd got from France or something and you know they backed it off the boards the other day and now, don't get me wrong, only just one, but they knew what they had. I think he's a serious fella to 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 prep on after a layoff. Yep, and he's proven that, left, right and centre. Um, and he'll have a few go exactly like that this week, where they're all coming 100 days, 100 days plus, and one, one race in mind. Let's see if they can pull it off. Demo, um, I'm going to be pretty quick here. I think Shiskins is an extraterrestrial, and I don't think it matters how the race is run. I think you pick them all up. Yeah, same, same. Dude. Yeah, you move on for me. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay, uh, where do we go next then from there? Um, a slightly different uh, format for for Cheltenham, but we're straight into the champion bumper, which is of course the other Grade One on the card on the Wednesday. Um, is this a two horse race? Paddy Aspel, Facile Vega against American Mike. You're the man for bumpers. You often have something else up your sleeve. Well, Facile Vega, he's got to be that price simply visually on what, on what we've seen of him. But the fact is, lads, we just really are, are guessing at, at the ceiling of the ability of so many horses here in the lineup, which, you know, makes it a great race. I think James's Gate is a very, very decent horse. Um, obviously, Jamie Codd, he's always been singing about American Mike, and you read down through his form, his form is very, very solid. But I'm, I'm gonna just, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to let them go and win. And I was going to chuck in one at a big price. I'm, I'm really, I'd be like an awful lot of people waiting to see the decks. But another one of Willie's, a horse who I put in my tracker when I seen him make his debut at Punchestown last year. Horse called Viva DeVito of mm. uh, This came up on the preview night, Paddy. You know, this was uh this was a whisper on on the preview night. Tell me what you think of this. Well I put him into my tracker after Punchestown because to be honest, Derek O'Connor wrote him that day and 
he did he got away on him I, I'm not I, I wouldn't have thought the plan would, it didn't appear to me to, to make the run in any way but the amount of time he hung around on the front end now he did get tired but he should have got tired an awful lot quicker if he was no good so I put him in a tracker that was when Gerard O'Loughlin had him obviously Willie's got him now but I know it was only Tremor the last day but we know with Jody Townend she likes to go around the outside but this fella did the same with her eventually he did get away on her but I mean he went round in an absolute hack canter absolutely it was unbelievable Paddy, wasn't it it really was it actually was it um, was you know obviously he, he's probably another one he, he's maybe a bit hot and, and a bit buzzy so he's got to handle the prelims but because Willie has got such a strong hand here he might possibly go under the radar interesting that you boy said he got a he got a mention at your 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 preview nice um i just think maybe he could sneak in at a little bit of and offer a little bit of value there he he looks to have a fair engine 22 to 1 non-runner no bet is viva devito with fans bet steven are you liking this Viva devito no like, yeah i i like i like him i like him just on that tomorrow and it was jeez it was awesome um, I'm liking. I'm not so much liking that. Clearly, Paddy isn't a team player and hasn't watched the preview night. Paddy, that's just you no, know. I, I, you're, are you part of the gang or not here? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I, I'm. I'm in Dermo's camp. I've gone absolutely moronic listening to um, podcasts. So I want to get round to my YouTube and and get the yeah. The so you've listened to all of them except the race hour one, is what you're saying. <laughs> I know Dermo could back me up because I gave you. Um, I gave you my opinion on your your one the other day, didn't I, Derma? Paul Paul Kimmage, when you did, you did fantastic. You did, yeah. uh, <laughs> you're in the clear. You're in the clear, Paddy. <laughs> Paddy. Have you any line in as a Wexford man with um, Paul Nolan? I wouldn't. Why? Which one are you thinking? No, Joyo Machan. I was wondering, could you text him, ask him, is this bloody horse running? Because he 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 didn't reply to me on Twitter. Shakar or some fella he's never heard of texting him on Twitter. But um, he's the one I'd be interested in. I'll 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 I'll, I'll talk about him first. So. He was second to Fasal Vega, only beaten four and a half lengths at Christmas. The two of them were miles clear of the rest. Now, I would urge anyone to watch this because Rob James rode him. And Rob James, I don't know what he was doing on the horse, but he looked like a fella. You know when you're trying to get the duvet into the duvet cover and you have the two corners and you're flapping the hell out of it? That's the way he was holding the rest. It was ridiculous. And, and that that's always a sign of a fella not really putting it all in. Um, now, he did give him two, two little slaps down the side. Fasal Vega didn't put a ton of distance into him. He did into the rest, but Joyu Mishan was right there. Then he went to Navin. He got impeded and he was bumped and he got banged. He was trying to hold him. He was basically trying to hold on to him, hold on to him, hold on to him, deliver him. And he got absolutely slammed. Two or three times he'd switch him. 200 yards to go in a bumper. He was sixth. And he just skirted through him and he finally got a bit of... He didn't even get daylight. He still had to go through them in the last 200 yards. One by a length and a half. He could have won by 12 lengths, I'd say, if you wanted to. Uh, I think he's a proper horse. Um, he's Sam McCauley owns him, actually. You know Sam McCauley? The, the, yep. Yeah, so we could have a good Irish drugs. I, I, bumper won by Irish uh, drug pusher would be a, a nice yeah. little headline. But um, he, he looks a really good horse. And he's kind of 40, 50 to 1. So Joyeux Michan. The reason I'd be against Vassal Vague is I thought that he... I thought he flashed his tail with 200 yards to go when Patrick gave him a little giddy-up and immediately after, Patrick almost stopped riding him. And I, he's got a very questionable head carriage, a funny action. 
So I think he'd be cracked taking about even money about him. Uh, certainly American Mike is better form. Beating Battling Bessie on the snaff by 17 lengths, that's really good form. Um, so I'd prefer American Mike, but at the same time, American Mike's short enough to be winning the champion bumper as well around 2-1. to one. So that's why I'd be... I just... Geez, I'd rather take on the two. And Joey Mashan, he mightn't go here. I hope he does. Joey Mashan, 25 to 1, number one in a bet with fans. Bet uh, is the one highlighted there by Stephen Cass. Uh Yeah, the champion chase, the champion hurdle, and the champion bumper are three races where you'll uh, you'll find me at the party. Yeah, I th- I'm just going to roam with the Viva De Vito vibes. That's all I'm going to yeah, do. And, yeah, uh, yeah, same and see if, you know something a bit of a coup like can be pulled off okay that is the bumper now there's a couple of other races uh three i think in fact on the wednesday that we haven't talked about they are the coral cup uh the cross country of course and we'd all like to see tiger roll uh go and get it done again and um why don't we talk about these races grand annual is the other one steven i'm imagining you've something in each maybe not the, the cross country not the cross country um two to mention the grand annual one i always mention my pat's fancy andy dufresne but maybe 155 is a little high. Maybe, maybe, maybe. He gave £7 to Captain Guinness at the start of the season. His only run this season. Uh, and I wonder, could the aforementioned uh, Rob James take seven off yeah, him? Uh, Cass. Yeah. And could he, he go did, in the plate, though? He's entered in the plate now off top. I'd like to see him go on a quick run. I'd like him in the plate, but I'm interested in him if he turns up. The plate now takes a bit of getting. You'd nearly want to be a three-miler to be winning the plate. Yeah, I think he could be asleep for a little while in that race. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, he's short enough. Even he's not. He's not. He's not. I I, look. He's twelve to one for the. Not unfound. Yeah, eleven to one. No run and no bet for the Grand Annual. Andy Dufresne. Yeah. So the bet. What price would fans bet is Elixir the nuts for the Grand Annual? Yeah. Uh, Let's see if I can find him. Oh, he's going to be big. I don't even see him in the. Oh, no, I have him. 16 to 1. Yeah. Oh, geez, that's a great price. Um, He was 155 over hurdles. He's running here off 143. Um, Like, he loves Cheltenham. He beat Itchy Feet over hurdles when Itchy Feet used to be a good horse on the old course. Uh, he's won his last two starts over fences. Beat Nassalam. Now, Nassalam was only a four-year-old, and he was given Elixir to Nuts weight, but he's starting to get his act together. He beat him at Plumpton, and then he went to Kempton, and he skated in off 135. Um. Look, I just think he's a really good horse and he's a big, big price and Tizard has a good record on the Grand Annual. Uh, I, I would fancy him if he was going to the Arkle, so I have to be backing him here off 143. Yep. Um, I, I think he's just... The horse looked like he was turned inside out now the last day at Kempton. So, um, yeah, I think 143 is very nice, Mark. and Great bet, 16th. Lovely. Elixir de Nuts. Coral Cup? The co- is that for me again? Mm-hmm. Coral Cup... Uh, yes, Mac Fabulous, the aforementioned. I think he's getting off quite lightly at 150. He's been dropped five pounds for trying him once again over three miles, which doesn't work. His record from two mile one to two mile five, listen to this, right? It's one, 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 two, eight, two. Um, <laughs> his last two was in the Rel Keel, giving seven pounds to Stormy Ireland. So that's a pretty good run as well. Uh, he was dropped five pounds for that to 150. Uh, I'd love to see uh, if Nichols could get a claim or up on him. I think a lot of the English horses will have, have really nice marks. So, yeah, I think McFabulous, he'll be a big price. Um, this is his trip. I think a strong pace will suit. So, McFabulous in the Coral Cup. McFabulous for Stephen Cass in the Coral Cup. Okay, and you want Tiger to win the cross-country, Stephen, do you? No. No, no, no. No, I don't see how, like... No, I wouldn't. I, I, I would begrudge. Now, I'm a Chickenstown man in a way in the, how they campaign their horses, but I think O'Leary's... Uh, 
behaved deplorably around that house and the national so yeah like wouldn't begrudge the horse but wouldn't wouldn't be screaming for him to win it all on yeah I, I, I'm with you I hear that I hear that who's, who's riding him by the way is Keitano still riding no yeah he's still riding he's uh, he's number one around that for uh, for Cromwell it seems now but it'll be David Russell you'd have to think wouldn't it yeah, sorry it was a stupid yeah. thing to ask about Keitano of course yep. yeah 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 so Davey yep. be riding him okay Davey or Rob James maybe would you assume Assume Davey, really. Yeah. They've, um, yeah, they're likely to run Delta there, so there's a couple of rides up for grabs as well. Uh, 14 to 1 is McFabulous for that Coral Cup. Paddy, Coral Cup, um, Grand Annual, and uh, well, Cross Country if you want it. Paddy. Paddy's off listening to another podcast there from. from <laughs> <laughs> he thought I'd be taking a lot longer now. He thought I'd be going through the cross country runner by runner. The cross country is a deplorable race. I don't know how it's even. I, I absolutely hate I must say. I'll go on here, Dean. So Kick I'll, on. I'll, I'll, Kick wait on. for him. Paddy will be back. Him to come back in. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Coral Cup, uh, an awful lot of people always go for horses that are kind of brand new into handicaps, but. Like, you really are looking for experienced horses here. Uh, 12 of the last 12 winners had at least two wins that season. 10 of the last 12 winners had, had had six runs at least over hurdles. There's an awful lot of fancied horses there that get immediately ruled out of this race off that back. And it's very easy to see. I like trends that you can easily kind of back up. And that is simply that you need experience to win races like this. Um, so an awful lot of young horses who come into this race really well fancied out of novice hurdles and stuff like that. They, they, just don't get the job done. And there's one here at uh, 25 to 1 or so. And I just quite like him um, as being the kind of unsexy type for this. And that's Guard Your Dreams for Nigel Twiston Davies. Um, this is a horse who beat Song for someone um, at Cheltenham over two miles one this season. Uh, third behind Stormy Ireland. Um, and last time, Jordan Naylor rode the horse at, Fair, at, at Fontwell. And that kind of turned me off. But then it made me think that I'd say they just wanted Jordan Naylor to get experience on the on the back of this horse because he drifted quite markedly on the day Jordan Naylor will claim three pounds off his back so he'll be running off 142 but he's improved an awful lot this season and as a six-year-old he just fits in lovely as well because of the age nine of the last 12 winners were aged between five and seven so he has all of that he's the real unsexy type that has loads of experience so guard your dreams for me in the Coral Cup could go off a huge price team and I just think that he has the likes of beating song for someone this season he's that's kind of that's graded for him and a lot of time in these handicaps, you need to have have graded form as well. And then last but not least, Dean, um, in the Grand Annual, I uh, I, qu- I really like Before Midnight. I just thought that was an absolutely huge run behind Funambul Savola last time. He gave him plenty of it. And to uh, to give Funambul Savola an issue like that, I think that's, uh, that's a big performance. And to be left in here of the exact same rating of 148, would not be surprised to see Sam Thomas get a claimer of some sort up in his back, a conditional and um he could go very very close here so before midnight and uh garage your dreams are two decent prices dean uh, two two fancies of mine in the handicaps okay 20 to 1 is guard your dreams no runner no bet with fans bet before midnight is there at 12 to 1 for the grand annual uh non runner no bet um i'd have to like course sublime in the grand annual if it turned up there of course um really hoping they go for the easier option which remarkably is the arco this year um i thought marie's rock and good risk at all were the ones for the coral cup but obviously marie's rock looks very much likely to head for the mares and i will be getting involved uh, there and good risk at all. Uh, no, it's pretty obvious. Top of the market horse uh, for the coral. 
So, Paddy is back. Let's talk about the Grand Annual, the Coral Cup, and the Cross Country if you want to, Paddy. But a couple of fancy in the handicaps, please. And uh, take it away. Uh, Coral Cup, the horse to twist and Davis is Gowan Road. He, he's got an entry now in the, in the Martin Pipe as well. But hopefully, they'll come here so Sam Twiston can ride him. He, he is. He can be his own worst enemy at times. They ran him last year in the, I think they ran him in the county, and it was probably just a year too soon. Um, he's a little bit of a boy. Um, at times, he, he, he can be a, a bit wayward, but I think he's got plenty of ability. That was a massive run, I think, at Newbury uh, last time. He, he, he was beaten very, very narrow margin. I'm hoping they're going to come here um, for the Coral Cup. A little bit extra distance. Hopefully Sam can ride him. I think he's he's a proper, proper good one when he just concentrates and looks what he's doing. I think a real good run race. No runner, no bet. And if anyone was listening to the Race Out podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, Fryboy put that up. He's obviously the tipster on bookmakers.co.uk and a, fa- a fabulous one at that. Uh, very, very keen on Gower Road for the Channel Festival for this race. Uh, currently 12 to 1, no one on bet with fans bet. Okay, uh, we've managed, I think, in the bones of 90 minutes to get through day one and day two at the Channel Festival. Now, Demo and myself already had charity bets courtesy of fan, fans bet with um, across the video preview night, of course. Um, but it's time to get... It doesn't have to be from the first two days, chaps. So, Paddy and Stephen, you can give us your best bet of the week at the Cheltenham Festival. These will go up on a Twitter poll, of course, in the normal format on the race hour to see uh, you know, what the punters think out there. Um, Stephen, do you want to go first? Give us your nap of the week, please. Oh, I'm terrible at this. Uh, will you pick one for me, Dino? Either pick Prairie Dancer uh, in the Bulls, I think the Lomp basis Press of what, yeah. or Press yeah. or Prairie Dancer or Elixir to Nuts in the Grand Annual. I don't even know what's happening running the Thursday or Friday. So I hate when it comes to this question. I never know what to say. Totally fine. I think on the basis of what we heard from you today, it's Prairie Dancer. So Prairie Dancer is Stephen Cass's uh, okay. Okay. best bet of the week. We, we go each way with that, that for the charity bet, maybe. Totally fine. Totally fine. Okay. Paddy Aspel, best bet of the week. Well... It was Dermot Nolan who first flagged this horse up for me mm-hmm. and Manella Kakuna and the Albert Bartlett. I honestly just, I've, I've looked so many times now, I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know why is, is there he's out Manella now, actually, Kuhner please. He's ahead of him in the market. He might market. for the Valley more if that's the case now. Or is he out? out? Manella Kruner is actually out, lads. It's just oh, really? Wow. Yeah. It's going to shorten yours up, Paddy, Oh, that, right? that That's going to... Um, pull him out yeah it's going to shorten him up um but i don't know I, I just thought at leopardstown it was an inspired ride by danny mullins but still nonetheless i think in that grade the the depth he was in that day he'd done enough to get himself beat if he, if, he, if he wasn't a very good horse and interesting that that willie you know is, is sticking to the albert bartlett route with this horse because he looked to have the boot to come back and trip but you know he's got plenty of bullets in that department so they're happy to to stay up with this sort of trip with him but i thought manella kakuna he looks a fair horse be interesting to see what yeah, what his price will be now in the albert bartlett off the back of that news with fans bet but manella kakuna is in there seven to two um, for the Albert Bartlett. Been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you two boys ahead of the Dean, can I give one horse for the rest of the week? Oh, no, I was coming. coming to oh, that. sorry. Um, sorry, no, no, sorry, sorry. Totally sorry. fine, totally sorry. fine. I was just going to ask you, actually, if you wanted to flag something from the other two days, 
now's a good time to do it because tomorrow's pod we have Darren Hughes and David Weldon going through day three and day four and we'll ask them the same about days one and two because that's been covered by you chaps so if you had something for day three and four uh, you can go for it Stephen I yeah, assume ju- you do ju- ju- just one horse and I, I think uh, a lot of the Irish fellas cribbing about UK handicappers being treated differently this year like use that to your advantage don't be giving up back him if you think that 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 um Langer Dan, you know, has been the best handicapped horse in the UK. Sure, back him. Like, what are you giving? I out said about? this. I said yeah. this. Stop giving out back the horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irish centric. That's what, that's what those people are. So yeah. there's a horse, and he's it, like, if you look at his handicapping, it's bananas. So if the cap fits, if you watch back the World Herd last year, he looked the winner three out. Now he only finished mm-hmm. ninth. He was rated one fifty eight, but this year he was second to brewing up a storm. Uh, bad run at Haydock, then ninth, then went to Wincanton in a per temps qualifier. Uh, finished fourth, good solid run, then went and finished fifth in a 17-runner handicap at Sandown. Now, he was running off 158 last year in the World Hurdle, four runs this season. He's down to 137. He just keeps dropping him and dropping him and dropping him for running pretty well. I do, it's absolutely bananas handicapping. And if you watch the World Hurdle last year, you will definitely want to back if the cap fits off 137 in the protests. Lovely. If the cap fits in the Potemps uh, flagged up there, 25 to 1, no runner, no bet, currently with fans bet for that Potemps. Paddy, anything else from the week? Um, trying to think. Um, I did write a few down earlier on. Interesting that the Derek O'Connor. Um, in the Kim Muir, he still hadn't really made his mind up between Glen Low and uh, Champion Platinum, and like there was a few in there, like School by Hours. I, I was sure he was going to ride him in the Kim Muir, but probably keep an eye on that. I mean, because he's nailed his colours yep, to the mass yeah. pretty quickly with Gavin Cromwell's horse, hasn't he? In the um, yeah, you know, whereas with this one, it's taken a little bit more to chew over. So I'd probably keep an eye on. Whatever he, he comes down on, he certainly narrowed it down to two anyway between Glenn Lowe okay. and Champion Point Platinum for the uh, for the Kim York. I think we're done. Demo, myself and yourself and Dave Wilden down Hughes are back uh, tomorrow on the race now, of course, to go through days three and four. Um, but for now, thanks to FansBet and bookmakers.co.uk. That's been the first part of our Cheltenham Festival podcast preview uh, for um, this season. Um, my thanks go to Paddy Aspel and Stephen Cass and to Dermot Nolan. And uh, yeah, it's not long now, chaps. It's not long now. We'll leave you alone.